Okay, then. Ron Wolfley. Ron Wolfley. What is up? <laughs> Witch Buster. Extraordinaire. Love that guy. Luke Lipinski. Yay. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Live from the Auction Community Studios on this Wednesday morning, it is the Wolf and Luke Show. I'm Luke Wolf. What's up? I'm getting a little jacked up right now. How you doing, Basinonians? How are you? Uh, Luke, how are you doing? Are you ready to broadcast, of course? Command and control, are you ready to go back there? Oh, I got the thumbs up right there. You're ready to broadcast. You jacked up right now. It is Wednesday. We all know what that is. Here we go. Do we? What yes, is it? Yes, we do. It's Oh, it's game plan day. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, it's it's game still, plan day. oh, right. it's a football Friday looming, is it not, in a couple of days? And that means game plan on Wednesday, the biggest game plan day of the week for hey, most NFL teams. I think these games uh, this weekend, there's four of them, like, Three of them have the legitimate possibility of being great, and the fourth one I think could still be good. I think I still think Chiefs-Jaguars could be a good game. This is my favorite of the entire playoffs. It is the divisional yeah. round that I love the most. These eight games coming up, man, can you taste it? Yes, you can. All right. And it tastes good. <laughs> so uh, we'll get into that, obviously, throughout the show. You know who's going to join us in like 15 minutes? Uh, One of the few guests that could come on, say something about football, and potentially change my opinion. Yes. And Quan Bolden will join us in the quad. 15, 10 minutes. The Quan. The Quad. Cannot wait. Anquan Bolden is going to join us in about 15 minutes. Make sure, ladies and gentlemen, you are here for the Quad. Talk a little about Cardinals, new GM, coaching search, Kyler, NFL playoffs. Anywhere we go with, uh, with Anquan Bolden. Yeah, we'll try and cram it all in there. We're going to start, though. With the uh, the Cardinals coaching search, because it has taken a little bit of a twist now. Frank Reich is apparently in the mix. They're going to interview Vance Joseph today. Sean Payton's name is still there. I'm starting to wonder how serious they are about it, but we can get into that in a little bit. Um, you know, you already had D'Amico Ryan. Certainly Brian Flores' name is out there. Giro Averro from the Broncos is now in the mix, too. By my count, we have six names that yeah. they have been legitimately linked to, not just like Vegas odds somewhere. Six names that they've been linked to. Yeah, you know, the Frank Reich interview that happened yesterday, I believe, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that really surprised me. Kind of surprised me, too, to be honest. I did not see that coming at all. Frank Reich, um, I really respect him, truly do, and I consider him to be a friend. Um, you know, do you need an assistant to the assistant special teams coach, Frank? Do you need that? Because <laughs> honestly, right now, let me put my hands on some dude and say, look it, this is the way you got to do it. Use your eyes for the crying out. Okay. I'm you can go down the Jeff Saturday path. You could just be coaching the team. Well, no, of course not. That would never no. happen. Don't mention know. Jeff Saturday to Frank. Right I was either. the worst head coach in the history of community college football. <laughs> never forget that. Nowhere okay. to go but up. So, so we're not the assistant to the assistant special teams coach. Maybe that's what I could possibly be. But again, Frank Reich, I did not see that coming. Do you think he could possibly be the next head coach for the Arizona Cardinals? So, I, every name that comes up, I find myself in. Originally, it was unintentionally, but now I'm I'm pretty well aware of what I'm doing. Putting them into two categories: Do you have NFL head coaching experience? 
or do you not? And honestly, I don't know that there is a candidate that could come up that doesn't have NFL head coaching experience that I'd feel good about for the Cardinals right now. So Frank Reich, by the simple fact that he has NFL head coaching experience, puts him ahead of some of these guys. Like that includes Lincoln Riley's not going anywhere. But if it was like, hey, Lincoln Riley, I'd be no. We kind of went down this path already yeah. with this team in particular. They need an established NFL head coach. That is Sean Payton. That is Brian Flores and Frank Reich to a lesser extent. Yeah. Well, Frank Reich, of course, 40 and 33 and 1, as a matter of fact, with his time with the Colts right there, a 555 winning percentage. And he was 1 and 2 in the postseason. Um, I, I do believe he is a, an excellent coach. I wonder if, in fact, he'd be interested at all in the possibility of being an offensive coordinator. <laughs> Can I just say uh, that? that you was, know? <laughs> Frank, how do you feel about just that? Can I that just float this that. by you? Can I just float it by you right now? How do you feel about being an OC? That is the question I ask. So Brian Flores, head coach, Frank Reich, OC. Is that what you're? Oh, you're saying Brian Flores. Well, okay, I mean, you're going to, you're, you just jump. I'd right like to say Sean Payton, but they're not. They haven't um, set up an interview with them. Yeah, you know what? If you're sitting in that room right now, here's the great advantage that you're going to have sitting in that room. You're going to be able to determine if, in fact, Brian Flores is going to have a bigger impact on Kyler Murray and the offense than, say, a Vance Joseph is going to have on Kyler Murray and the offense. Will it be the other way around? Will you be sitting there and believe that Vance Joseph, based on his answers, based on his relationship, of course, with Kyler Murray, will will Monty Ossenfort sit there and think, man, this guy is going to have a bigger impact on Kyler Murray because he's already got a relationship? Or is it going to be the other way around where you're going to look at it and say, no, we want a total stranger to come in here? We had uh, Paul Calvisi on yesterday. And one of the things that we talked to him about was how is this being built now? Is it being built around Kyler Murray? Okay, here's Kyler. Everything's got to revolve around him. Or is it being built? And then Kyler, you got to fit in. And I thought he said something that was, that made a lot of sense. If you're going to build it, and I think you almost have to build it and say, okay, Kyler, you fit in. Kyler's probably not playing at the start of next season. So it's pr- it's probably, if you're ever going to do that, it's probably the easiest time to. Here's our culture. Here's how we're doing things. Here we go. Whoever the quarterback is in week one, and maybe it's just week one or week two, or maybe it's the first six weeks, build it. Get it rolling. And then obviously you want to fit Kyler back in. Yeah. But I think it's a lot easier if Kyler Murray... Like everything would be easier if he was healthy. Let's not let's not get confused here. Sure, but but if if things were just kind of the way they were and the season ended and okay, Kyler Murray had a bad year, or whatever, didn't at least didn't take a step forward, and here we go going forward, and the coach's out and the GM's out. You'd have to build everything around him almost with his approval, which doesn't work. Now you can build it. And then he has to fit in. Yeah, this is something that I was talking to Monty Austin for when we had him on the show right there. I asked him the question, do you take philosophy and build around philosophy or do you take players and build around your players? Well, I think I think we, we definitely have to find a coach, okay? And we have to find a coach that has a clear vision for how exactly we want to play schematically. And once we do that, we can put parameters on the type of players that can uh, that can that can play that, play those schemes. Now, there's a there's also a sentiment that um, uh, if we find players that are that are versatile, that can do multiple things, that adds value to to what we do, and it, and it it opens up the layers of of what we can do offensively and defensively. So, 
you know, what comes first, you know, I, I think more importantly is, is the type of players that we're trying to bring in the program. Mm-hmm. And then once we, once we find the coach and who has a vision for that offense and defense uh, on our side, the scouting side, we're going to find players that fit that. Boy, I love that right there. And the reason why I love that is because we're talking philosophy. We're talking dogma. We're talking scheme. We're talking, what is it that you believe about the game of football? What is it and how are you going to do it? I love that. And, <laughs> and Monty, Monty is basically saying, you know what? Um, we're going to, we're going to, it's going to depend a lot on the coach that we bring in here. And he's right about that. But Monty, you've got a certain, you've got a little something, something behind you as well. It's called 15 years with the New England Patriots and three years with the Tennessee Titans. Okay. I'm going to put those two together right there. And, and we talked about culture as well. What do you want to see? And I believe I could be dead wrong on this, but I believe Monty Ossenford wants to see a more physical football team. Go out and get a coach that believes that. You have a pretty blank slate right now, but it's going to start to fill up quickly. It filled up a little bit yesterday when they hired their GM or they announced the GM, but it's going to fill up real quickly when you uh, when you get the coach in here. All right, we come back. We're going to talk to Anquan Bolden, get his thoughts on all of this and the NFL playoffs as well. It's Luke uh, Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke Middays, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, welcome back. It is the Wolf and Luke show as we talk a little Cardinals and NFL playoffs. And Wolf, who better to talk to than the man who is top 15 all-time in NFL receiving yards and knows the thing Quan. Quan. And Quan Bolden joining us on the Arizona Sports Line. And Quan, thank you for the time. How are you doing? I'm doing good, man. How are you guys? We're doing great, Quan, man. It's good to hear you. How, how's the family? Everyone okay? Yeah, everybody's doing good, man. I can't complain. Nice. Um, well, talking about the uh, the Cardinals, and we were just talking about they sort of have a blank slate right now. Uh, Anquan, if you were if you were running the team right now, what what would be your biggest you know I don't know point of emphasis, I guess, this off season? I mean, um, you know how I feel. I, I mean, obviously, you know, with firing the, uh, the coach, they have to get a, a new leader in with a vision. Um, and I think you know what most teams are doing now. There, especially when you have a a quarterback that you just paid, um, who's the face of the franchise. You know, most organizations when they have that, they they usually bring in a, a coach who's quarterback friendly, usually an offensive guy, um, somebody who they feel like can can take that guy to the next level. Because you hear around the league um, all the time, like that's the most important position in football, right? Um, so I, I believe that's what they will do. Um, I don't know. Um, for me, I, I think there's a lot of other things that need to be um, need to be taken care of. And, and how I see it is, you know, when you look at when you look at wanting to contend for a Super Bowl, I think there's certain things that you have to have. Um, you have to be able to have um, an offensive line. Um, mm. Offensive and def- defensive line. I mean, we hear it all the time. That's basic. That's basic football. You win in the trenches, and that 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 really is true. Um, you look at the past Super Bowl winners, um, even back to when I was playing. Um, it, it's always been that way. We got a dominant offensive line where you can run the ball. Um, you have a dominant defense <laughs> in all three all three areas of the field. You know, mm-hmm. up front on the line, you got. Linebackers that can run sideline to sideline and cover 
because of the way the league is is going now. Um, and you have you know corners and safeties who can who can protect, who can cover. Um, and then like offensively, like I said, you want to be able to run the ball, and you want to have a playmaker that you can go to in clutch situations. And for me, that's the formula for winning. Um, no matter what division you're in in the NFL, if you're trying to compete for championships, you for certainly have to have a great defense. You have to be able to run the ball, and then you have to have a guy who can come up with it when you need need him in those types of situations. That is so cool to hear you say that, Quan, right there, because culture is a huge buzzword around the organization right now culture and you kind of hinted at it right there you 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 definitely look would you say what is the culture of anquan bolden what is the culture of quan yeah so for me it's and i think i I displayed that when you know when i was playing it's being a team first guy being a being willing to do whatever it is it takes to win a football game and from my position, sometimes that means different things. Sometimes it means catching catching however many balls you need to catch to win a game. Um, sometimes that means sacrificing those catches and then making those those downfield blocks, getting a crack on a safety or linebacker so that your running back can do what he needs to do. Um, so it just depends on what the situation calls for. I think a lot of times in, in the league today, a lot of people aren't willing to sacrifice. Mm. Um Everybody wants to put up the big numbers. Yeah, it's cool to put up numbers, but I figured out real early in my career, you can put up numbers and still be a loser. <laughs> so in order for you, if you want to be a winner, sometimes you got to sacrifice your stats and, you know, all of those things for the greater good of the team. Talking to Anquan Bolden, Anquan, I think we're all on board with that. I think the Cardinals are on board with that now going forward. you got to find those team guys. So they said yesterday, team over over ego. Um, how easy is it to find those guys and identify them, though? Like, as a player, could you tell quickly when, when you had a teammate? Yeah, if you're in the locker room with them, you can identify those guys quickly. I think the problem that you have is, like, when you're looking in the draft or you're looking at free agency, you don't have enough time to spend on those guys to truly find out who they are as players. Yeah, you can watch film. You can you can ask questions um, from coaches that they played for, teams that they played on. But it isn't until you really get into a locker room with a guy that you know that he's a team first guy, or if he's just all about himself. That's the see. That is the tricky part right there. Monty Austinford, of course, yesterday at his press conference, the new general manager for the Arizona Cardinals. He was talking about this process, this player evaluation process, and how they're going to go go about vetting these <laughs> players. And why, and why are you laughing, Quad? I'm laughing because I mean that's a crapshoot. Um, when you think about it, uh, most most times when you go through those processes, I mean think about it. When you start dating a girl, you put on for <laughs> you know what I'm saying, like for how many months? But Juan, I don't know what talking. you're talking about, Juan. I mean, I mean, I'm married, but I'm just saying, like, when we, when we were dating, you know what I'm saying? Like, you you start dating somebody. I mean, you didn't really show them who you are, were in the beginning. You know what I'm saying? Like, you guys go out on date. You open car doors and, you know, all of that stuff. And then when you get comfortable and you go back to being you, you know what I'm saying, and the stuff that you did in the beginning, like it really shows who you are after you spend time with somebody. And I think it's the same way in that process. You know, when you courting a guy or you're trying to, you know, see who a guy truly is and he knows that, I mean, he's going to put, put his best foot forward. But it isn't until you sign that guy and get him in the locker room 
And then you guys go through daily situations, he get comfortable. Then he'll truly show you who he is. Wish I would have had that advice earlier in my life. The <laughs> um, Quan with some dating advice here on the Wolf and Luke Show. We're, uh, we're, we're talking to Anquan Bolden. Anquan, you know, there's so much talk, and, and Wolf kind of touched on it right there about you know bringing in a new culture. How how quickly can you do that? Is that something that can happen before the start of the season, or are we talking a while here? I mean, it depends on the guys in the locker room. That's who really creates the coaches. I mean, coaches can say that, um, GMs can say that. But it isn't until you get the right guys in the locker room. Those are the guys that really create the culture, um, because those are the guys that really hold others accountable in the locker room. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's all about the players. You know what I'm saying? Like when you look organizationally, you have guys who get paid the most are going to be given a longer rope, mm. and that's just the way it is. I've had a coach tell me, like straight out, tell the team, look. If you're a guy that's making plays on Sunday, your rope is a lot longer than a guy who's a first-year, second-year guy, so on and so forth. Like, if that guy's making plays on Sunday, if he does something, he probably can get away with it. But if you have a guy who, you know, he's not that guy on the team and he does something stupid like that, I mean, he'll get cut. I mean, we see it. But it's the guys in the locker room that hold everybody accountable. So if you have the right guys in the locker room, the coach can change quickly. But if you don't, and you're trying to change it through a coach only? Nah, yeah. not going to work. Yeah, I totally no, I totally agree with what you're saying right there, especially in regard to the rope. And some guys do have a longer rope. There's no denying that. And yet at the same time, nobody can be excluded from that culture. Correct? Exactly. Nobody can. I, I agree. Because I definitely agree. you do that, you're host. Right? There's no yeah. way you can actually build a culture, even if you have one exception. Correct? No, you can't. I mean, it's it's, it's a Bible quote. It says a little leaven leavens the whole lump. And what that means <laughs> is right. if, you, if you let one guy get away with it, everybody else will see that they, you know what I'm saying, like what that guy's getting away with, and they think it's okay for them to do it. Yeah. So that's why you'll see sometimes when a team brings in a guy who's real selfish, um, especially if he have a lot of younger guys up under him, they'll start doing the exact same thing that older guys because they feel like, well, if they let him get away with it, I can too. And then you'll have a, a locker room full of guys like that. Uh, Anquan, real quick before we let you go, just looking around the NFL playoffs, is there one of these eight teams left that, that Anquan Bolden identifies with? Like that's they, they play the game the right way? I mean, I think there's a couple of teams that play the game the right way. Um, the thing that I, I like that I've been seeing, in the, uh, and I think the reason we've had such great games thus far is because you've seen um, division, divisional rivalry. I mean, I think if you look at like the Jet, I mean, I mean the Dolphins and Buffalo um, meeting for the third time. You look at Baltimore and Cincy meeting for the third time, and I think there's one more. Um, it was like division opponents meeting, and then you'll have it. Uh, I think it was Sanford and Seattle. Yeah. They met for the third time. Um, so I think that's why you've seen such great games, and then you'll see like this week with Dallas and Philly playing against each other. I mean... It's New York and in, in Philly. Probably. I mean, New York and yeah, uh, right. Philly. I'm sorry. Yes. Great games because those are division opponents. It doesn't matter what the record looks like. Those are always going to be tough, hard-fought games because sometimes philosophy goes out the window and it's just man-on-man. Um, and you know what they're going to do. They know what you're going to do. You just got to be better at executing what you do a lot better than they do. So um, I like what I've seen thus far. I think it's still a toss-up in both you know, in the NFC and in the AFC, anybody is capable of getting hot at the right time and, and you know, riding that wave.
Hey, you know what, Quan? I love you, bro. Thank you so much for coming on. I got to make you laugh next time so I can do that. Ah, 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 so I can hear the laugh, man. But anyways, listen, God bless you. Thank you, Quan, for Thanks, coming Anquan. on. We appreciate it, buddy. Oh, no problem. Anytime, man. All right. That's Anquan Bolden right there. I tell you, there's there are a few players, like I said before the interview, bring him on. What he says about football, I just sat here and took notes. I Seriously, I have notes this right here on this piece of paper. One of the greatest football players the NFL has ever known. Yeah, no, honestly. Seriously. One of the greatest football players. That, I, I'm talking about a guy that played the game the right way. A guy that sacrificed stats and still finished top 15 all-time in receiving yards. That'll tell you something right there. All right, so thanks to Anquan Bolden, who joined us on the Arizona Sports Line. The countdown to Super Bowl 57 has begun, and Bud Light, FanDuel, and Arizona Sports want you to be there in person. Text SUPER to 620-620 to register and listen for your name starting February 6th. You can score a pair of tickets to the Super Bowl. Plus, you're going to win tickets to the following events, the FanDuel Party, Bud Light Music Fest, and the Super Bowl Experience. So text SUPER to 620-620. It's all access presented by Bud Light and FanDuel when we come back. Who are the best teams in the NFL? There's only eight left, and we're going to rank our top five with the power pull next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Who is the best in the NFL? Wolf and Luke's NFL power pull. Brought to you by IBEW Local 640, the best electricians in the world. All right, it is time for the Power Poll. Uh, what is this? The Divisional Round Edition. So we only got eight teams left, which uh, if I'm doing the math, that means this is the last week we're going to be doing the Power Poll. Okay. So top five teams. I will tell you this. A team I'm picking to win this weekend is not in my top five, but that's it, two different things. Wow. wow. I, think, okay. I think the Giants upset the Eagles this weekend. Okay. I really do. Right. I, I actually had the New York Giants in my top there's, five. There's some really good teams. Okay, okay. are you ready right. to here go, go right yeah, here? Let's, let's start here with, we uh, go. with uh, number five. Yeah. Number five. All right, number five for me was going to be Dallas, but they have a kicker who can't make extra points right now, and so until proven otherwise, (laughs) I'm going to go with Cincinnati at number five. Wow, Cincinnati at number five. Okay, Basinonians, gather around the transistor and press the ear. My number five team in this week's power poll, the Philadelphia Eagles. Just dropping. Yeah, the Philadelphia Eagles, and the reason being, of course, is is because they play the New York Giants, and what have I been saying about the Eagles all year long? Their only weakness is they might not be able to stop the run. Bada-bing, bada-boom. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a winner. His name is Lou. (laughs) Finally, I'm a winner. There it is right there. Um, They have a hard time stopping the run, especially when you run the ball in a north-south way. That's exactly what the New York Giants are going to do. I think they're going to line up and run the ball against that Eagles rush defense, and that will be the difference in this game. Daniel Jones is playing very, very well, and you put him in an offense where it's balanced. Yeah, you got a little something, something right there. I'm going to go the Giants. Wait, you're picking the Giants too? I'm picking We're the both Giants picking the Giants. They have no chance. To upset, now. and that's why the Philadelphia Eagles are number five. All right. Well, I, I am picking the Giants to win, but I, that's not a knock on the Eagles. I don't. Fourteen wins. You don't have them at number one. That's crazy. All right. On to number four. <laughs> number four. four. 
Where I have the Philadelphia Eagles because they have clearly slid towards the end of the season. I don't know how much I trust that Jalen Hurts is fully healthy. Look, they are a legit team. I'm not saying that they are frauds. This is not like a Viking situation where we were all expecting them to lose, <laughs> and then they probably did. Uh, but I do think, and it's sort of what Anquan Bolden just said last segment, you get two teams playing for a third time in the season, and now it's the second round of the playoffs. Anything goes, and this Giants team is just nasty. So I, I like Philly. They're still top five. Obviously, I have them at number four. Yeah, for me, gather on the transistor and press the air. I actually have the New York Giants at number four. Oh, nice. Because I do believe, again, they're going to beat the Philadelphia Eagles. There are four teams going forward, of course, that all will win their games in the divisional playoffs. I'm starting with the New York Giants at number four in my power poll, and somebody that loses has got to be in it. Might as well be Philly. Number three. Three. All right, number three. I didn't love what I saw from this team over the weekend. They still won their game. They're still going. I'm not like picking some team that's out of it. Uh, and, and I can't I can't tell if what we saw was maybe a little bit of weakness when you get to this level and you're talking about the Super Bowl or if we saw them survive and now they're just going to go off. But I have Buffalo at number three. Wow. I can see already where we're going to differ. Okay, at number three, I have the Kansas City Chiefs. I don't think we're going to differ at one. But we'll I, see. I, I have the Kansas City Chiefs at number three. I just believe there's a little mojo. Maybe there's a lot of want to, <laughs> hopeful want to for the Buffalo Bills because they're number two. All right, but the Kansas City Chiefs, I've got them number three. Sorry, Pat Mahomes. Sorry, Andy Reid. Really respect you guys. Really love you guys. But your defense is still a question mark from time to time. On to number two. Number two. All right, number two, I have the Chiefs. I think it's the first time all season that my top two teams, that's what I believe the Super Bowl is going to be at this point. Uh, Yeah, I have the Chiefs number two. They really, they haven't stumbled all season other than that weird game against the Colts very early in the year. Matt Amendola was their kicker. He was missing all sorts of kicks, and they lost. Like, you're allowed to lose a game. They're 14-3. and They are riding a five-game winning streak. I think Jacksonville is... You know, interesting enough that they may keep that game interesting, especially because the Chiefs now haven't played in two weeks, but it's going to be really tough to knock the Chiefs out, and Buffalo and Cincinnati now have to deal with each other. The Chiefs only have to deal with one of them. For me, number two, the Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills, number two. Josh Allen has got to protect the ball better. That's the only thing that can hold the Buffalo Bills back is Josh Allen and the bravado of Josh Allen. He's got to protect the ball much better than what we have seen so far. And if he does, and I believe he will, he's going to learn from this last game against the Miami Dolphins. Think about that. Three games against the Dolphins, and they beat him by a grand total of nine points collectively. Think about that. That game was weird to me. I don't understand why the Bills, it looked like the Bills were trying to win the game by 30 points. It just, and and every time it was like, okay, they got control, it was just Josh Allen firing 40 yards down the field and guys not coming up with the ball. It was very strange. In the end, I believe DeMar Hamlin will unify this team. In the end. And the Buffalo Bills will be number one in the end. That's just my guess. Well, number one heading into this weekend's games. Number one. Numero uno. Unbelievable. 
I, I don't even know how you can give a different answer at this point than the San Francisco 49ers, Wolf. They have not lost a game in basically three months by the time they kick off. October 23rd was their last loss to the Chiefs. They didn't have Christian McCaffrey on the team yet. They got a kid named Brock Purdy, the San Francisco 49ers, number one, who's got a quarterback rating so far in nine games of 107.3. Are you kidding me, Brock Purdy? He is playing so well. Can you imagine you have a roster that's the most talented roster in the National Football League and your third-string quarterback is playing better than any quarterback you've played this year or maybe over the last two years? Brock Purdy. Man. How about his playoff rating? 131.5 last week against Seattle. Just stunning right now. They got a lot of mojo going for them, a lot of swag. I think the 49ers, number one in the power pole, and then we'll see where it all ends. All right, that was the power pole. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. Text in like Tyler Ogden from Mesa did. He texted in to ask, is it possible for Jay Crowder to come back? We're going to get into that next. What is the future of Jay Crowder? ESPN's Brian Windhorst weighed in on that this morning. You're going to hear what he had to say next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. I think we would all agree that, um, I don't know, since about May 15th-ish, what is that, eight months? Yeah. <laughs> Nothing's really been smooth sailing for the Phoenix Suns, right? That's my big end right there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wolf, what do you think? Yeah. 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 Um, it hasn't been the easiest time. Now, it hasn't been the hardest time. We all remember, like, 2016, 2017. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. Well, it, but the well, thing is... 27. No, no. Or 16 or 15 or 14 or 13 or 12 or 11. Uh, but now, we have higher expectations for the team, right? They went to the NBA Finals. They had that nice run in the bubble. They won 64 games last year. Lost to Dallas. And it's just been kind of strange ever since. Brian Windhorst was on with Bickley and Murata earlier today. And he said, okay, look, yes, it is a mess, but calmer times are on the horizon for Phoenix. The calming times are coming for the Suns. I'm not denying this is very turbulent, very unusual, and the Crowder trade is a symptom of everything that's going on. But I think better times are ahead, um, and it'll, it'll, it'll get done. Jay Crowder's going to get traded. Now, whether there's a trade that can meaningfully help the team, that's a different discussion. We'll see what they're able to pull off, but um, they've been talking for months about this. They've been working on their options. It's going to get done. That's all I wanted to know, honestly. <laughs> well, like, seriously. I could just say, when I heard that cut right there, I thought of you. Well, because we talked about this yesterday, and, and I said what a lot of people have been saying since the end of last season. If things are going to get unusual... And your fan base has been through a lot. You got to kind of let them in on what's going on. You can't just be like, oh, it's internal. And then you lose all the time. Or we're not talking about it. And then you lose. <laughs> and I know this angered like two people on Twitter. They're like, oh, fans don't deserve to know anything. No, the fans do when you are setting aside one of your key players and he's just not playing and you're paying him and you've lost 17 of 22. You don't air all your secrets as an organization. Obviously, that's what James Jones and Monty Williams are very good at and why this team built the culture they did. But this is weird. And just a simple, yeah, he's getting traded, 
goes a long way for a fan base that's like, if I react to the fact that they're one of the worst teams in basketball right now, I'm labeled a bad fan. If I sit there and say, no, they're going to turn this around, I'm, I'm labeled crazy and unrealistic and a homer. It's a weird time to be a Suns fan. It's a weird time indeed. Uh, by the way, ESPN, they're going to do a 30 for 30 on this. The sitting of Jay Crowder. I'm going to watch That's it. going to be, be one of those two-parters, right too. Yes. What is it all about? Hey, listen. We're all glad that Brian Windhorse is reporting that Jay Crowder is going to be traded. <laughs> that right there, I, I just assumed it the whole time, of course. I did until did like two weeks ago. It? Well, once we started. Were, I know you were. No, I didn't feel good about this. it. Once we started getting the reports that like three different owners have to sign off on a trade and there's like, <laughs> oh, nothing's really wrong. We just don't want Jay here and Jay doesn't want to be here. And yeah, then it started to get strange. Here's more from Brian Winhorst. No, he's going to get traded, guys. He's going to get traded. Um, uh, and, and I think even if Ishbia isn't. 100% affirmed and approved. I think the Ishbia transition is already kind of starting to happen. Um, it looks like he's going to complete the transaction. And the way that I know this is that Robert Sarver has allowed him to come in and meet with his people. And I think there's more meeting scheduled. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if you saw him at a Suns game soon. And that doesn't happen unless they think the transaction is going to close. Hmm. Yeah, please don't tell me that there's any doubt that Matt Ishby is going to take over. Please, yeah. don't are, tell me that. Even talking exactly. About? It's just a matter of time. What Suns game is he going to appear at? Right? Uh, hopefully right? tomorrow's against Brooklyn. That'd be nice. Get in here quickly. I, maybe and maybe that's the thing. Imagine right now. Can you imagine if somebody said some news, breaking news sounder, and Mel comes on and says, oh, Adam Silver just said the deal is off for the Phoenix Suns. No, no, no. I thought you can were going you, somewhere good. Can you imagine? I was like, oh, the deal's done. Would, the, no. the crushing impact that would have on all of us no, right now. we're not doing that. Okay, good. We're going the other way. So, thank you. At some point in time, that deal's going through, right, Brian? <laughs> right. He does point the, paint the picture, though, of how quickly this could flip, right? Like, instead of your horrible scenario that I never want to imagine again, <laughs> what if tomorrow it was like, okay, hey, the Suns... Uh, what if Matt Ishbia showed up to the game tomorrow night against Brooklyn, right? And and we're like, hey, Devin Booker's close. Cam Johnson, I don't know what to think anymore. But Devin Booker's close to coming back. And then on Friday, they trade Jay Crowder. How much better would you quickly feel about this team? Assuming you got anything that wasn't just like a second-round pick. You'd instantly feel better of, wait, all their, all their potential moves aren't being blocked up by weird... NBA litigation, right? I mean, that that's really the thing I think you need the explanation from, and maybe it should come from the league, of, yeah, we're sorry, we're not trying to screw the Suns out of one of their better years while we transfer ownership. Like, we'll figure out some sort of clause where you can actually make trades. If if just if Crowder was traded and they won a couple games and Booker came back, you'd instantly feel a lot better. You'd feel a lot better. Sure you would. Um, I think the Suns are kind of waiting till Chris Paul, Devin Booker, and Cam Johnson all can return at once. I I just, I have nothing to back that or base that on, but it seems like a smart thing to do. If, in fact, you had Chris Paul and you had uh, Cam Johnson, Devin Booker, they all come back at once so that you don't get five games here where a guy is starting to get into a groove. Oh, then we're going to introduce Devin Booker. Sorry, Cam. You are looking really good out there right now, but we're going to go with D-Book. Why would you not bring them back as one? 
and say, we're going to go back and we're going to start this thing all over again. And we're going to start by these three guys, Chris Ball, Devin Booker, Cam Johnson, playing with Mikal Bridges and DeAndre Aiden. The The jolt that that would give this team if they all came back, even within like a game or two of each other. And you get news like, okay, Matt Ishbia, he's the one in control. As he should be, if he's buying the team, he should be able to, to, to say, yeah, I want to keep DeAndre Ayton or yeah, I want to trade DeAndre Ayton because he's the one that's paying or not paying him next year and going forward. Uh, same, you know, with, with, with any move. Yeah, okay, Jay Crowder's not going to be here next year, but if you trade him for somebody that is going to be here next year, that's Matt Ishbia's money. He should have some input on it. Uh, Devin Booker, what was the, um, the four weeks when when they said he was going to be reevaluated in, in roughly four weeks, I believe the middle of next week is four weeks. So that doesn't mean he's coming back the middle yeah. of next week, but that ideally means he's not that far away. I never got the sense, and maybe I'm wrong, but that Chris Paul's like you know has some horrible injury. It's more just with Chris. Let's be smart about it. I'd like to see Cam Johnson play basketball again. I would love to see Cam Johnson playing basketball once again. What about some of the rumors that are out there in regard to Fred Van Vliet? How do you feel about that with the Raptors? So if you're talking about the Raptors, you're talking about DeAndre Ayton, right? Isn't that basically where, where, you're, where you're taking this? Well, or you could just trade Jay Crowder, I would imagine, and package it with uh, Dario Saric, maybe, and maybe even Landry Shamit. You're just throwing maybe, everybody? Just saying not all of them. I'm just saying maybe, <laughs> maybe a combination. A I'd probably take a, a pick to Some get Van Vliet. as well. I mean, look, if, if James Jones somehow trades Jay Crowder and a pick for Fred Van Vliet or, you know, another bench player for Fred Van Vliet, I'll be all over it. Uh, Toronto is, Toronto, the thing about the Raptors right now, it's a disappointing season for them mm-hmm. for the most part. And anytime disappointment is involved, get ready for a serious correction. We're That's gonna, the way that is in any sport. We're going to get more into this in a little bit, but I think the Raptors, if you're talking about a team to maybe make a, a big-ish trade with, they have Pascal Siakam playing out of his mind, okay? Uh, Fred Van Vliet is as good as he always is. I mean, he's, he's pretty much, he's been steady his whole career. OG Ananobi, we talked about him a lot last offseason as, like as, a, him a, as a guy. They, uh, Scotty Barnes isn't going to get traded, obviously. Gary Trent Jr. has been good. He always seems to play his best games against the Suns, but the point is, they've got some players playing really good basketball, and they're not even in the top 10 in the Eastern Conference. So to your point, if you're trying to target a team that has pieces that might be looking to shake things up and, and maybe try and pull off a trade where it's a win for both teams because the guys that got moved just need a change of scenery or maybe Toronto needs to, to mix up their equation that they're using or whatever, um, yeah, that would be one of the very first teams I would look at, certainly. Especially for Van Vliet, a combo guard, a true two-way player. Yeah, you know what? He fits the culture done. Well, he certainly fits what they need, too. They'd have uh, to give up a lot, though, to get him. Uh, Innings Festival is back. The two-day music festival featuring Green Day, Eddie Vedder, Weezer, The Offspring, and so much more returns to Tempe Beach Park on February 25th and 26th. Tickets just went on sale. You can head to the contest page on ArizonaSports.com for complete details and your chance to win those tickets. When we come back, how quickly will the Cardinals be able to implement their no-ego culture? We'll get into that next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.